Welcome to the Lights, Camera, Rant Podcast. Your source for the latest on movies, TV shows, and video games. Get ready for ranting, raving, and reviewing. Here is your host, Lee. Hi, everyone. Welcome back for another edition of Lights, Camera, Rant. As my wonderful introduction says, I am Lee, and I am the wonderful host. Others may say different, but I I try to do my very best in either way. (laughs) Uh, No, but thank you for joining with me today. We're going to be talking about the latest news, Marvel's latest What If episode with Doctor Strange. And look, finally, finally, I've watched the new Suicide Squad. And look, for people who are wondering why I'm so excited, uh, a couple episodes ago... In my wonderful state of Victoria and Australia, we're currently in lockdown, which means cinemas are closed. So, unfortunately, a couple of episodes ago, when it actually came out to Australia, I wasn't able to see it. We went into lockdown, and I said it right here on this podcast. Oh, boys, everyone, I'm going to go see it this weekend. Can't wait to review it for you in the next episode. Uh, that weekend, we went into lockdown, and the very next episode, I was like, Hi, I'm a jackass. Thanks to my wonderful state, and didn't get to do that review, and didn't get to go watch it. And look, me and my mates were absolutely gutted, and it was just shit. And so far, as as it keeps going, we're still currently in lockdown, and that train might continue for Shang-Chi as well, which I'm also a little bit wary of. I'm like, like at any time, why couldn't it be locked down earlier, like when, when Wonder Woman came out? That was shit. Or, you know, in the middle of the year or earlier when all these big movies didn't come out. Like, why now? (sighs) But I digress. I digress. But, hey, speaking of Shang-Chi, I did see a little tidbit on Instagram. You know when you're scrolling through through Instagram and you see all the critics critics reviews saying, It's a blast. They've done it again. Great sequel. Great uh, special effects. Well, I saw one that was a Shang-Chi and it was like the best superhero movie of the year. And look, I'm all for it. Welcome, welcome Shang-Chi to the MCU. I can't wait to see what you bring. And I have no doubt that your origin movie, which the critics are raving at this stage of how good it is. I, look, unfortunately, I'm going to hold that judgment of the best superhero movie of all time of when Spider-Man No Way Home comes out. I have all my chips on the fact that Spider-Man No Way Home will be the golden ticket of it this year. Uh, look, I think it might be the most highly anticipated of the movie of the year. Um, looking over, yeah, actually, I think it would be the most highly anticipated. With everything that's going on, uh, and the funny thing is, it only gets in by the year by two weeks because it, uh, it comes out on the 16th or 17th of this year. And for Australia, it comes out on Boxing Day. So it makes in by like a week to be the top movie of the year. But look, if it's not, if it turns out to be garbage, I'll eat my words and be like, nope, Shang-Chi is the best movie of the year because it won't be going to Black Widow. And uh, look, there's also Venom. I have high hopes. But, you know, we all know what Sony has done in the past. Which Venom... Venom 2, they've actually confirmed uh, the fact it's going to be PG-13. And look, I haven't, it's not a surprise to me that Venom 2 has been confirmed that. 
Uh, I just kind of wish that there's a part of me that kind of wishes they just pull the trigger on it and bring on that R rating. I think it would do as well. However, from the trailer, Carnage looks horrific. So, still might give you nightmares. I'm still, I think they will push that PG 13 very far. Uh, but yeah, I don't think Shang-Chi, which I really hope is really good, I'm going to take my reserve of the fact it will be the best superhero movie all year. Um, also, that's also happened is uh, in more news, they've done Adult Swim did a live action uh, promo of Rick and Morty with Christopher Lloyd. So, that's kind of like full circle now. Uh, if you know the whole history of Rick and Morty, it was a the origins of it are actually on YouTube, and it was like a sketched out, like really bad drawing of adventures of uh, Marty and Doc, Rick and Morty. Let the penny drop. Now, yep. And so I start off that, and that's how it kind of evolved into Rick and Morty. So kind of full circle. Go check it out. Uh, I have shared it on my Instagram page, uh, as well as. Uh, they've actually released another promo with a pickle, and I do believe that the two new episodes should drop, uh, sorry, have dropped uh, yesterday, so I will be checking those out, and we'll be reviewing them for my next episode, so definitely stick around for yeah, next week as well. <laughs> I didn't get to review them just yet, but they are on my list to crack on and give them a watch, and in also, also moving on in that trend, uh, they've released uh, Aquaman photos, Aquaman 2 photos of Aquaman's new suit, this blue and black suit, which I do believe from the comics is meant to be like a stealth suit, like how the Inspire Man, Far From Home, he had the black suit, so Aquaman has this blue suit, um, which kind of looks cool, as, as always, Jason Momoa. Um, always looks fantastic in that outfit. <coughs> no homo. Is uh, <laughs> it? Uh, you know, and the funny thing is, a lot of people know him from Game of Thrones, and I actually know him from Stargate Atlantis. And if you pull back even further, he's actually from Baywatch. Yes, go check that. He's from Baywatch. Doesn't have the dreads. He doesn't look right. Nah, but he does have the dreads in Stargate Atlantis. So they've all yes yeah, so those pro, those um, photos come out also, uh, but that's a little bit of the latest news. But moving on onto the latest episode of the What If and <laughs> holy shit, this episode uh, was uh, sad. I was about to say fantastic, but actually sad. Um, this whole this episode is about Doctor Strange, and, and it's what happens if he lost his heart, not his hands, metaphorically speaking. In this particular one, uh, Rachel Adams' character, uh, Christine, uh, actually, she gets in the car with him as he, he's driving, and when the car crashes, instead of uh, Doctor Strange losing his hands, she actually dies. And that's how he becomes Doctor Strange and pivots it that way. Um, interesting fact about this episode, it's actually the first time, well, even though there's only been four episodes, where all the main cast actually came back to voice their characters. So, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch, Tilda Swinton, Rachel Adams, uh, Benedict Wong, they all come back to voice all the characters. Which I think was really cool, and it, it shows the fact of how much care they have in these characters. Like, uh, Tilda Swinton, she, 
Uh, her character died in Doctor Strange, yet she's or- she's already appeared in her character three more times. Um, and bef- sorry, I sure said this about six or eight minutes ago. I can hear Mark telling me off. Spoilers alert. My entire podcast is spoilers all the way through, and I have no regret for that, because <laughs> by now, it's either when I review these, they've either been a week out, or they've been you know, out for a little while, so snooze, you lose. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was. So this episode is, I'm still, I'm going to say it, I say this every single week, I'm loving the visuals, I'm loving how it's drawn, it has that kind of comic book style, sort of like you know Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, loving it. And this particular one, and how this one progresses through the story, is the fact that he still becomes Doctor Strange, however, he still gets the Time Stone, uh, however, in this particular one, he has a pivotal moment in which he decides that he's going to try and go back in time, and he wants to try and save her, of, of course. But then he goes through the very typical time, very time machine, time jump, you know, kind of scenario where he tries to save her, but every time he does save her, she dies in a different way. A mix of the Groundhog Day and a mix of um, the time machine. Uh, if you've ever seen that movie, it's a good sci-fi movie, early 2000s. Um, it's... It's a it's a particular movie where similar thing he's his partner dies he creates a time machine to go back in time to save her. However, every time he saves her, she dies in a different particular way. So basically, the point is the fact the reason why she keeps dying is sort of like Final Destination, if you will. It she it's it's creates a paradox in time because the fact that you're you're trying to remove. A point in time in which if it didn't happen, you wouldn't be there. So it creates a whole loop that does that shouldn't happen. So once you save her, they're still destined to die because you still need to reach the pivotal point in which you know brought you to where you are. Like you went back in time. So you know the, the grandfather paradox. You go back in time, you kill your grandfather. Yet if you did that, how are you actually staying there right now? If it's already something you've already done. And whoa, look, honestly, if you ever get time and want to like look at all this, look at all these paradoxes. You just, you know, you read them and you're just like, oh, my brain hurts. My brain hurts trying to think about it, you know. But then again, you watch Quantum Leap, you watch Endgame, you watch Back to the Future, uh, Bill and Ted's Great you know, Excellent Adventure, Hot Tub Time Machine, they all do it. So. Doctor Strange keeps going through, he keeps going through, and she keeps dying. He gets really annoyed, and what he does is that um, uh, the Ancient One tells him the fact that it's going to keep happening because the fact that she's an absolute in time. Obviously, an absolute point of, like, why you're here. And obviously, with Doctor Strange's arrogance, he gets annoyed, he uh, has a little tiff with her, and he actually goes further back in time to the sacred library where all those sacred uh, books and scripture that we see in Doctor Strange in the sacred library uh, were originally held and written. And he finds out a way to do it, and he finds a way that he must absorb the powers from other mystical beings. Really dark stuff, very horror, um, how that all plays out, 
And the fact that we know that Doctor Strange 2 is labeled as a horror movie, it is not labeled as a sci-fi action adventure, it's labeled as horror. So this is another thing why I'm fully intrigued into this. Um, and then further he finds out the fact that uh, the Ancient One actually split him. There's actually the good Doctor Strange, now the evil Doctor Strange. They have a tiff. Surprisingly, the good Doctor Strange loses. And obviously the bad Doctor Strange, you know, more or less, he does it, ends bad, regret. And the whole at the time he does this, obviously the entire universe is crop crumbling around him and as this is crumbling around him you know uh, Christine's also crumbling she doesn't know what he's looking at because he's like morphed into all these creatures and this is actually the first episode I know there's only been four where the watcher actually talks to the main character being that the fact that Doctor Strange is this powerful He's actually to fit. He was able to actually sense his presence because he's like a god-like being. Um, which the you know the Watcher he says you know can you help me the Watcher, and he says he says you were warned and I am not helping you at all. Basically, eat shit. I am not helping you, and unfortunately he does, and the universe kind of crumbles onto him, where he goes into like this crystal which. It's like a metaphor, like he's going to avoid, where time and space do not pass. You cannot leave, you cannot cross and go. It's ending. There's nothing else to it. So that unfortunate, yeah. So that's the episode, short version. But go check it out, please, please go check it out. And yeah, it's all sad. Hero doesn't win. The villain wins. Half villain, if you will, wins. And it shows the fact that uh, you know Doctor Strange's uh, arrogance is still there within him. Obviously, we, you know, he's been in pivotal points in Endgame, and we're going to see him in Spider-Man 2 and Infinity War, um, but the fact that his arrogance is still there, because you got to remember, he was an arrogant um, neurosurgeon, and which is, you know, how he got to be where he is today. So, it was very curious to see a very sad episode, and the fact, and I loved it. You know, it's nice to sometimes see the hero not win, um, and it to go in a full left direction to what you're expecting. Because the last three episodes, even though it was still dark and there were still dipits, uh, technically the hero still won. It still played out similar to the main timeline. But this, it didn't. It completely did. So there was no, you know, there's no civil war. There's no end game. There's nothing. Basically, this entire takes place in the first Doctor Strange movie and ends. So like, imagine the MCU going all that way, Get to Doctor Strange and he does all this and then boom, that's over. Nothing. Boy, we don't know anything else because the entire universe is gone. Everybody's dead. Uh, that's so sad. But yeah, so it was interesting to watch and I highly recommend it. It was cool seeing all these voices come back and I'm loving these dark turns that uh, they're taking with this and I can't wait to see what comes out next. I know there's maybe going to be about 9 or 10 episodes, so we've still you know, got a bit to go. And they've confirmed Season 2. So I'm all my chips are in. Let's go. Let's keep going. And let's. I'm loving these dark turns, and I hope they keep doing that. I'm glad that they're pushing it in something you still go, ah, oh, was expecting that. You know, it's not just playing to favoritism or, you know, fan service. So, yeah, so that was pretty good, and I'm so looking forward to this week's episode. Um, they haven't announced it yet. Uh, but uh, don't you worry, I'll be reviewing it and I'm going to make sure I watch it straight away. 
because that's the type of person I'm dedicated. Uh, moving on, finally got to watch the new Suicide Squad movie over the weekend, and my God, holy freaking shit. This movie is a blast. Goes for two hours. This movie had a budget of $185 million. Unfortunately, it only made $162 million at the box office, which, you know, we can sum that up for COVID numbers. And yet, you know, every penny was spent well. Um, Harley Quinn, Margot Robbie, uh, great. She's, you know, she's a perfect casting. I put her in the same echelon as Iron Man, uh, Wolverine, Captain America, with, you know, with Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, all of them, Hugh Jackman, as she she performs Harley Quinn great, and she was great in this movie. Loved uh, Idris Elba's Bloodsport. Loved the suit. Loved the fact that you know all his weapons detached and turned into something or connected into that giant ass gun. Thought that was cool. Felt sorry, but loved Polka Dot Man. <laughs> um, and that guy, that guy, I, uh, I unfortunately I don't have his name written down, but he that he's been in Ant Man one and two, he's been in the Flash, um, he's been he was in the Dark Knight, so he's been actually going back and forth between DC and Marvel for ages, and you know he's the winning combination for both. So that was fantastic. I loved King Shark and the fact that he was voiced by Sylvester Stallone. I did feel sorry for him. Thought he was going to die with those fish. Um, but I'm glad he didn't. Um, love the fact, love the music. I loved that. Love that it was James Gunn who directed this because you saw that it was James Gunn written, you know, all over this, you know, from start to finish. Still was very weird to see someone go, um, directed by James Gunn, director of the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. And you're like, huh, Marvel and DC in the same sentence in a movie. Um, but no, I can see why DC did the, did a really good thing in snapping him up while he was uh, five for those three months um, because someone found those old tweets. And, you know, just watching this makes me so excited for Guardians of the Galaxy 3 and what they're going to do. Um, and I'm so pumped for that. But this, you know, it's from start to finish, it was this was a really good movie. I love the beach scene. Had a big... Um, Saving Prime and Ryan vibes. Love the blood. Love the gore. Love how serious it was. And I uh, loved uh, Michael Rooker's character. How he's all serious. And Nick went, no, I'm out of here. Which you saw him uh, unfortunately take a very explosive turn. Uh, loved John Cena as Peacemaker. Think he nailed that role. And I, I liked Ratcatcher. I loved that little rat. Thought that was very cute. Um... And 100% when James Gunn says the fact that when he was interviewing saying don't get attached to any character, he wasn't joking. From start to finish, you're like, oh, oh, oh no, didn't see that coming. Um, and I'm, which I'm very glad that the rat catches rat uh, did not also bite the bullet. I uh, was uh, probably actually, out of all of it, the most surprising death I saw, obviously spoilers, was Rick Flagg. Uh, honestly, didn't think he was going to die, uh, and I thought uh, I felt bad. You know, felt bad for him because he was trying to do the right thing. And Peacemaker is a joke, <laughs> uh, and the fact that Peacemaker actually—spoiler—he actually survives, 
and he's in John Cena's in his own TV show, our own miniseries that will be appearing on HBO Max in uh, in January, and James Gunn's return to direct those few episodes as well. So that'd be really cool to see. But this movie is explosive, it's glor- gory, it's funny, music's good, and yeah, everyone on screen, I think, brings it. And it is 125%, don't know why it's a 25, better than the first one. Knocks it out of the park. Now, if anyone tells me I'll go watch Suicide Squad, please watch this one. It just, it does a whole lot better than, and you can tell, you can really tell. And James Gunn said that this version is the director's version. There isn't anything hidden. Um, and also, a little tidbit with the Bloodsport suit. Have you noticed his mask was inspired by a xenomorph? That's why it's got the markings. So that's why it looks so cool. Um, loved it when they were in the bush killing all the... Uh, well, they thought it was resistance. Well, actually, no, they were resistance. Meant to be good guys. Those All those scenes were good. Uh, loved the tip. Loved all the um, side characters as well. And I would love to see if it was just a mini-series or a movie of Idris Elba's Bloodsport versing, versing Henry Cavill's Superman, and you see a prequel to this on how he put Superman in the ICU. I'd be down for that. But overall, loved it. Wish I could see it at the theatres. And, you know, I'd be so pumped if they made a sequel to this. And obviously the best we're going to get is um, The Peacemaker. Well, we never know because uh, DC Fandom is actually coming up in October, uh, October 16, which DC's Fandom is like uh, the Disney Marvel Expo or E3. It's there where they get to announce every little tidbit that's coming up, um, which uh, it's been confirmed the fact that we will get a new trailer for the Batman movie. And look, it's like my partner was watching... Uh, Twilight over the weekend and I was looking right past and I thought he's gonna be Batman I don't see it like what you know like I didn't like Ben Affleck I didn't overly like Ben Affleck he isn't my top three Batman um, actually no he's third uh, Christian Bale Michael Keaton Ben Affleck and uh, Val Kilmer Definitely not nipple, nipple Batman. And above all those is Kevin Cor- Kevin Conroy, who voiced uh, Batman in the animated series. Fantastic. I put him above all of that. Um, but yeah, look, Rob Patterson, like he's even said he doesn't like Twilight movies. And look, everyone has their first gig that they're not proud of. Uh, but apparently in his latest work, he's really turned around. One movie I do recommend to persuade you that he could be Batman if you're not too sure is it's a movie called uh, The Lighthouse and it's with William Defoe uh, and they're obviously stuck in a lighthouse and as you can imagine how interesting and how eventful that will be and that's actually a really good movie it's rating on Road Tomorrow's is very high I'd say go check it out uh, but obviously it's very different to Twilight and it's weird you know you got Batman and uh, Green Goblin um, in the same in the same movie, so we're getting a new trailer for that. And look, I'm it's going to be based. Uh, Matt Reeves has said the director has said that it's going to be a lot of emotional story for Batman. They're going really into the psyche, and this movie is going to be heavily based in year one or year two, if you will. So instead of it being like Batman Begins, where it was sort of kind of like you know he was the only Batman, you know, can't we didn't skim over it, but this is to. He's going to be rough as guts. You know, he hasn't hurried on his skills. He's going to make mistakes. 
and it's going to be interesting. And the and the fact that um, we're actually getting spoiled next year. He's not even the only Batman we're going to get. We're getting three Batman next year. Well, Batman. Uh, between him, Matt Ben Affleck, Michael Keaton, uh, which oh, happy birthday for Michael Keaton! Um, he just celebrated his seventieth birthday, and he's putting the cow back on and getting back into the suit of Batman. So I'm down for that. So yes, we need a trailer for that, which is going to be really interesting. Um, also, we're going to also get a trailer for Super Pets, which is. Uh, obviously Batman and, uh, Superman's dogs, um, Crypto and, ooh, Crypto and, God, it just escapes me, Crypto and I can't remember, uh, I can't remember uh, Batman's dog's name, but their characters are going to be voiced by The Rock and Kevin Smith, sorry, uh, Kevin Smith or Kevin James, no, Kevin Smith, Kevin Smith, um, Kevin Hart, it's Kevin Hart, that's it, it's Kevin Hart, and and the Batman's dog is Ace, that's it, got it, yep, uh, not a piece of shit, uh, <laughs> yeah, so they're going to, you know, a new trailer for that movie, which is going to be animated, um, which is going to be interesting, I guess, for you know, kids, um, it won't, like, I'll probably watch it, won't be in my most highest watching movies, but I'll still watch it and make sure my dog Parker sits with me. And let him know that, you know, you're a hero too. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, so we're also meant to get a teaser for Black Adam. I which yes, Black Adam, The Rock. I'm so pumped for this movie because a lot of projects The Rock does, sorry, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, uh, he does it with a lot of passion and you can tell. Go on his Instagram, Instagram and see the behind the photos that he's done for Black Adam and you, you just want to know. You just want to know what the scene's from what just happened, and he looks ripped as shit for this, you know. And he's even said that he's made sure he's he's made sure his body's in perfect form for this. So, um, so I'm so pumped. And one of the very curious things is going into this is the fact that he even said, which oh, you know, I can take it as a grain of salt. Uh, however, he does say that apparently the power hierarchy in the DC is about to shift in a major way. But look, he's had this movie. This movie, he's been attached to this, I think, for about nearly 10 years. That's how long this has been flowing around. Or, you know, how long he's had this as a project that he's going to work on. Um, so we're getting a teaser for that. We're also going to get a teaser for The Flash, which I'm so stoked for. And I hope for the fact it's going to be good um, in any shape or form. hope we get to see Michael Keaton. I doubt it'll probably be like a later thing. They're going to do a small part. So that should be really good, and we're also going to get behind, more behind-the-scenes photos for Aquaman and Shazam, which they've just announced the fact that they've actually wrapped up filming. So that's going to be really cool. It's going to be to see the fact, you know, will Black Adam 2 or Shazam 3 coincide with each other? You know, what, Warner Bros., what's happening with Henry Cavill as Superman? Like, he's a good Superman. Don't waste it. But, you know, we know exactly what Warner Bros. is like. Oh, let's just throw whatever we want at the wall and see what sticks. Doesn't matter the actors. You think I'm joking, but I'm dead serious. Um, dead, dead serious. Now there was. Now this is just like a little teaser or like a little tidbit of what's to come. Hopefully we'll get out of lockdown. So uh, I planned episode that uh, me and the boys, uh, Dean and Mark, are going to do, and hopefully Perry can join as well. Is we're actually going to do an episode. Um, 
all about the DC Universe, our thoughts, our prayers, and uh, how we would rebuild it, what we're looking forward to as a round table discussion, a table of three, if you will, DC table for three, write that down. Um, so that was actually originally planned to ask for do that a, a month or so ago before we went in lockdown. So I will have that as an episode that if episode hopefully will come once we get a lockdown. Um, we're going to talk about all that, all DC, everything about the CDCU and how as well as how we would like to rebuild it. So that's what will be coming up more about the DC stuff. And like, don't get me wrong, like, I, right now, the DC Universe is, look, it's, it's quite painful. It's like that kind of friend that you're like, oh, you're doing really well. Oh, why'd you do that? Oh, you're doing really well. Oh, but why'd you do that? Oh, no, wrong direction. Oh, no, you're in the right direction. No. It's a, yeah, it's an up and down roller coaster with DC, and we just have to make sure that we are the ride up or down we go through and review it in good or bad. And, but right now, look, I hope this is all upwards and onwards for DC and they've got their shit together. You know, it's, you know, the, you know, I kind of wish, probably one thing we'll discuss in that episode is I kind of wish when they, you know, when you commit to something, when they committed to make this DCU, there should be an absolute conviction to make it. You know, nothing to be wavered or, you know, if they're going to do this, they're going to do this with 100% and make sure it's structured properly, I uh, you know. And obviously things can happen, but there's things you could you could avoid or changed, you know, to make it more streamlined. Like, as I said in my last episode, you know, after, you know, you got Man of Steel, that's a fantastic movie. Batman v Superman, question, you know, questionable depending on what point of view when you look at it. And then you got Suicide Squad, which was like, what? Okay, okay, okay. And then you got Wonder Woman, which was like, whoa! You got Aquaman, which was really cool. And you got Justice League, which is... I've I've said my prayers about that. And, you know, it just kind of started falling around at the seams. And I I feel like that's the main thing that had the issue with DC, is they didn't have a Kevin Feige. You didn't have someone that was staying at the temple. You know, it didn't have to be a director. Kevin Feige isn't a director. But he, you know, he's a he's like the brainchild. He's getting other people to direct who have all these talents and skills. But he's telling, you know, this is the plan. This is your room. This is what we're looking to create. Do you want to collaborate? And then the rest is history. And look what Marvel's done. That's the thing, you know. And people, you know, people do hang show on the Marvel. You know, like they've made some bad movies. You know, or the fact that you know they're very repetitive. But to that, I say the fact that. Obviously, they've made mistakes. You know, they've made mistakes. And Kevin Feige has said that, you know, you know, we could have done better or, you know, we could have done this. And that's showing the fact that, you know, they are trying. Like, they're trying their best, their abilities. You know, every movie they make is for the fans. And the fact that if you look over the Marvel movies, you know, you can't say yeah, there is there is a formula to what they do, but every single movie does something different or it's a different area or a different aspect or you know look at Shang-Chi it hasn't been done before in the MCU not saying in all movies but it's something new it's something fresh you know and later let's turn it Guns of Galaxy it's a space opera it's awesome uh, let's go to you know Thor you know Gods and Monsters you know Thor Thor 1 Thor, Thor 3 Thor 3 was awesome 
you know, love it. Taika Waititi, and I can't wait for Thor 4. And, you know, the fact that Ant-Man, Ant-Man was cool. That was different. You know, a lot of people weren't like, oh, that sounds boring as shit. But everybody loved that movie, you know. Everyone loved Paul Rudd. And, and to show you the fact that, you know, even though they've made these mistakes, which everyone mistakes, look at Endgame. Endgame is a completely unprecedented movie that something that we've experienced in our generation that we might not come around again. And that's the thing. I just wish that D- the DCU had that kind of... Like, I don't, don't get me wrong. I don't want them to be copying the Marvel pattern, if you will. I don't want them copying it for every single movie. You know, all I, all I wish they did is that they had... This is the timeline. This is how everything fits. This is how we will structure it. Not when you have your lead, like Henry Cavill, and whether or not he's actually going to return to be Superman. Superman, which is an absolute pivotal character, no da, whether or not he's actually going to return. And same thing with Batman. You know, you currently got another Batman movie with a different Batman. So... I digress. I digress. But you, I hope when I'm, I hope what I've just been talking about, you can understand. For, for people who love these drawings, I hope you can understand my um, my passion. And I hope you can understand how I'm feeling and why I feel like this. And which is another thing why I made this podcast. You know, for these discussions, for these different aspects. You know, and when I talk to people um, who talk about who've been listening to my podcast, they do say, "Oh, you know." Um, that was a good point or you know i've had someone go ah that's completely wrong i disagree with what you said i'm like that's cool you're a dick uh, <laughs> uh but no i shake his hand first I'm like thank you for listening then i tell him a dick <laughs> um but yeah you know it's all about passion it's all about why we love all these characters um but moving on let's let's keep moving on um to video games so one cool thing that came out that i didn't know was actually coming out was uh, it's a new trailer's actually dropped for a new game called Marvel Knights, which is made by the same people that make XCOM. So it's an RPG strategy style game, or you know, step by step game. Trail looks really cool. You know, there's Wolverine, there's Ghost Rider, and I man loved the uh, loved the um, music in the background as well because that's part of uh, Metallica's new album, or it's not a new album. For the anniversary of the Black Album, Black Album, they're getting all these different uh, R songs that record different songs. So I love the song in the background. Oh, sorry, not different songs, different covers. Um, love the song in the background, but no, it looks really cool. It looks different. Um, and the fact that I'm interested in the style, there is some game, gameplay out there. I want to see more before I make conv- my conviction if I'm going to buy it. Because like, like I bought the Avengers game. I played it for a couple of hours and it wasn't my cup of tea. I actually went back and started playing Marvel Ultimate Alliance game because I'm like, yeah, this is a hundred times better than this this pile of garbage that you know has its own you know failed launch if you ever saw one. Uh, so that should be coming out at, in March of next year. Really cool. Can't wait to see what that uh, brings and in that particular style. Um, but the this is really weird, and I will try not to harp up on my bitter feelings about this. Uh, but China, 
China has announced a new rule for kids under 18. The fact that they are now banned from playing online games from Monday to Thursday and they can only play an hour for it on Friday, Saturday and Sunday. To This is a state rule. How they're going to maintain it, I have no idea. But, my God, like... The state has to get involved to do this, and the fact that, like, why? That's the parent thing. Like, why? You know, why is this? You know, why is the fact is the parents not allocating this? Why does your state have to give it? How are you going to police it? But you know, China's already weird with everything else going on right now. But now you never introduce this, and you know, it just it brings up that argument. You know, the fact that you know, why isn't um, parents regulating this? Uh, for kids of this being, because they've done this because they believe the kids are spending too much time online, um, which you know it depends on what the game they're playing. You know what? You know there's uh, apps, or you know on the both Samsung and both Apple. You know you can put locks on it, or how much you can use. And, you know why aren't you doing that? You know in a sense, it's very it's very weird, and I hope it never comes here in Australia, which I highly doubt it will, obviously, because we're not that type of country. Uh, but it's just, you know, though I read that and I was instantly like, what, WTF? And, you know, the thing is the fact that, you know, if you think a child is, like, I don't have a child. I have my dog. My dog doesn't play any of your games. But this is like an age-old thing, which it gets this really grinds my gears is when I see parents blaming video games you know uh, I will say it's trap I'll fight any parent that blames a video game on why they're spending so much time on it or the fact that you know it's rotting their brain or the fact that my kids get done this because they saw this and play on a video game and this shouldn't be accessed by kids or like why is this in a video game I don't no, 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 don't blame a product, you know, yes, it's, you know, yes, you know, this is for kids or this is for adults, but you should know what your kid's playing, you should know what you're buying, you know, look into it, don't, don't just pass it off to them and be like, yeah, yeah, sure, go play, like a game like, you know, Call of Duty or anything like that, you know, have, sit down with your kid, have that conversation with them, or play the game, research it, see what's in it, you know, if there's things you don't like, don't buy it. You know, or there's always restrictions in games as well. More and more restrictions are coming in games to cater for that particular part. Uh, you know, there's a lot of games out there that uh, you know it might be a violent, you know, it might be a bit of a fighting game, but there's an option to remove blood. You know, if you can completely take it away. Um, but the thing is, the fact that you know, if your child's spending too much time on a video game, then you should be having, speaking to your child. Not bring the state government to get involved with it, um, and it's a, it's a you know it's a silly thing. I always see these stories you know, people playing you know blaming video games for this and that. And the funny thing is, they've actually never done a confirmed case. The fact that, or a confirmed study, the fact that video games cause violence. Now there's always other factors involved, and you make a product, and you give it to people, and you market for those people, you know. If someone else buys it and uses it for something else, that's not on them because it's not marketed for them. Uh, one thing I always found very interesting is the fact that you know parents would you know people parents people anyone you know would blame you know video games for violence and blah 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 and all this and I'm like okay okay I get that but 
I'm gonna go buy a pack of cigarettes um, that destroys my health, my body. And um, I can also go buy alcohol that can destroy my health and body. Yet, um, you know, you, I can go day to that, and that's worse than a video game. You know, obviously being excessive. But that's like anything. Anything you do excessively can have bad effects. Um, and the fact that I feel like it's, that's a thing that's a kind of like a, you know, a, an adult or a parent thing that you should need to regulate with your children, especially if they're playing games too much, which, you know, that's entirely up to them. And I'll happily discuss this with anyone and share my opinion. It's probably one of my most strongest opinions besides my, you know, superhero movies and I'll defend them to all hell and end. Um, but I just, you know, I just feel the fact that, you know, there's these things that, you know, a parent must step in and must, you know, regulate these things. Or, you know, there's always more ways to make things easier. As I said, like, you know, you pick up a Samsung, you pick up an Apple, there's restrictors and time limits on, you can do on an app. You know, this is your allocated time, you can't go any further. Anything like that. But I digress, you know, if people want to do that, that's up to them. Like enough for my dog, he can't play video games, he just wants to chase off the ball. <laughs> um, but yeah, so guys, thank you very much for joining me this episode. I hope you, you know, have a little tidbits, have a little, you learn about something new. And please go check my Instagram. Please go check my other episodes, obviously. <laughs> uh, but I did a really cool episode the other week where I did a playlist with music and did my podcast in between, uh, like a radio show. <laughs> uh, so go check out that. Let me know. Leave a like. Leave a review. And yeah, until next time, guys, you know what to do. Thanks for listening to Light Camera Rant. If you like the show, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. While you're at it, leave us a rating and review, and be sure to tell your friends. Until next time, happy ranting. <laughs>